following program contains explicit language and subject matter and is intended for mature audiences only. Listener discretion is advised. Hello? It has to start sometime. What better place than here? What better time than now? Love that tune. Does everyone love a bit of 80s television tune? I'm not going to tell you what it is. You'll either know or you'll guess it. It won't be too hard. It's not Michael J. Fox. There you go. I just need a bit of volume in my headphones. It's March. My name's K-Mac. I'm the host of the Zero Fucks podcast. We're getting back into the full swing. We've got a whole heap of stuff to talk about today. And, of course, one of those is married at first sight. Yeah, it's back. Is it a good thing? I'm going to talk about it. I know it's taken off in the UK because they're seeing previous seasons, so we can talk about the new ones. All right, let's get into it. I think we're going to get into this and then start out with a, a happy vibe. Can you feel that? You better hold on. This one's about to get bumpy. jump out of my skin. I don't know what's going on with volumes. I've got them all over the shop. Until I go to the end and I do that little bit of magic when I upload. But I want to know how everyone is. I want to know if everyone's having a good march. This uh, third month of the year. Can you believe it? I did say to people, Christmas comes, New Year, bang, and then we're into it. So... 
what more can I say? So I'm hoping everyone's well. I hope everyone's had a great New Year start. I'm going to cover off a few things. But um, I just wanted to get into it early with a nice sounding track. And the world's all right with me Just one look at you And I know it's gonna be A lovely start. Nice little tune. Get you in the mood. Always going to be a lovely day. So what is going on in the world? Well, it's March. This year's got away from me and there's been so many things that have just um, yeah, took over. I just couldn't get hold of, couldn't find time to, to lock things in. Um, yeah, I'm going to cover off a lot of things. But um, yeah, so there was Valentine's Day, the Super Bowl, Valentine's Day. Um, and it's just, yeah, just it, everything just compounded. So Super Bowl was fantastic. Even if you're not a sports fan, the Tom Brady story is, and they talk about GOAT, meaning greatest of all time, statistically what he's done and, well, you know, what he's achieved – um, yeah, it's pretty crazy. So a big shout-out to Tom Brady. If you don't know who he is, I'd be very surprised or you haven't heard his name mentioned. But, um, yeah, he's just – look, I'm uh, an NFL fan. I, I, I sort of – I feel like I follow it. I'm a Miami Dolphins fan. I've got nothing to cheer about that bad. But, I mean, we didn't have a bad season. But a better season is probably best to describe it. But – Tom Brady pretty much got ridden off when he left his club, the Patriots, to go to the Buccaneers. And obviously he went for money. The guy doesn't need money. It's not It's not on his agenda of I need more money. I mean, between him and his wife, they're crazy loaded if that's what people think it is. Sometimes people just need a challenge. Um, and maybe that's what he took up. 
I, I like I like the fact that he that he did. I like the fact that he pushed the limits, and I like the fact that he he went to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Remember when the guy did this? He's in his forties. He's not prime. He's not the latest edition. He's not the. He's in his forties, and he's already won. I think is it seven Super Bowls he's got now. Yeah, so he'd won six prior to this. He's actually now won more Super Bowls than clubs like San Francisco 49ers, um, Kansas City Chiefs. Well, they never won in total. He's won seven. So, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not making this the Tom Brady podcast. What I am recognising is greatness in a sport, particularly when if you saw the start of the season, if we could go back and we can find clips. Excuse me. We can find clips from commentators that wrote him off. No, he's not going to be effective. You know, he, he's not going to be surprised. I mean, the guy was he's 42 when he started, like, at, at this club. It's easy to write him off. <laughs> um, I didn't realise they would make the playoffs, and they did. And all my, a mate of mine who was, like, blowing the Tom Brady horn was saying, like, dude, watch this guy, watch this guy. And I'm like, fuck, come on, man. Let's be realistic. He's not going to make a major impact. Um, then when they made the playoffs, I thought, that's okay. That's that's a good result, good result. Um, my money was on Green Bay taking it out, actually. I thought they were, they were going to be the goods and it wasn't to be. So the Buccaneers won. Tom Brady proved his worth. He now goes into Hall of Fame, royalty, um, he's brought the Buccaneers a win. He's got the maturity and the and the experience to coach the younger guys within that club and organisation to be better players. Not only to be better players, but to they've now got a Super Bowl on the back of him. And it's easy to say he's not one man, it's a team. But in that particular sport, if that quarterback doesn't fire or doesn't hit his marks, you're fucked. Even if you've got the best wide receivers or running backs in the world. It all comes down to the quarterback making the right calls. And he's delivered. So a big shout-out to Tom Brady. I wouldn't say GOAT because there's always going to be someone around the corner, but, I mean, 43. All the haters are just like, no, this dude's done. So kudos to him. That's big ups for him. Um, um, Yeah. I'm pretty astounded by that. So that was um, where we're at. Where are we when it comes to COVID? Well, we're talking about all the um, vaccines and having everything that we need to, to change the world. And I feel right now that it it's not changing. I feel like we're still in the same scenario. I... I yeah, I mean, people are being vac- having <laughs> being vaccine, being vaccinated, and, and and obviously that is helping. And um, particularly in Australia, state to state, the death t- death count is down. Um, but yeah, oh, look, there's a we're a long way from being where we need to be financially and and um, economically. I think that we're still a long way off, and. I don't want to live in the the negative world of um, what if and 
the, the, the world's a bad place. I, I don't live in that world. I just go, okay, well, we can be resilient. We can bounce back from this. And we will. We will do it. it there's no doubt about it. But um, it, it, it's still a long way to go. It's still a long way to go. Um, with our political scandal in Australia when it comes to cabinet ministers involved in rape and um, rape cases. And, of course, once one comes out of the woodwork, many more follow suit, which is it's sad that these women thought they didn't have a voice and I feel like it's imperative that this gets cleared up and, and stamped out. It's very hard to, to stamp out when authoritarians use their power to f- for sex crimes. And, and let's be 100% clear, rape is a sex crime and that it, what what's gone on and what's taken place is, is bad and it needs to be stopped. It's not acceptable. It's never going to be acceptable and we should never accept it. Um, so these politicians need to stand together and stamp it out. And if there's been examples of it, then it needs to do it. Um, it's it's just, you know, you, you, you don't have to be a Christian. You don't have to have um, Christianity morals installed in you. It's just human morals that, you know, no means no. And it doesn't matter what author- authoritarian p- powers you have. You can't stand over someone. Now, what might have thought that was going to go somewhere or someone, you know, like someone comes back to your hotel room. That's like, it doesn't mean it's a given. It doesn't mean that it's acceptable. But there has to be a line in the sand where someone says, no, 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 I'm not up for this. Cool. And that person. I, I mean, I know myself in my history, in my, like I, if, if a woman says no, then that's end of the line. That's it. Now, there's a big difference between play and, you know, sexual counters. And it's not, it's not mistakeable to understand what a real no is, as in, as in no, nah, I'm not going to do that. No, nah, you know me, I won't do that. There's, there's a play component. But... There's a line in the sand that needs to be drawn and we need to stop it. So I'm really appealing to our Australian politicians at the moment to stamp this out. It just needs to stop. I'm actually appealing to the Australian Prime Minister to stand up and be a man because right now I feel like he's not leadership quality at all. I feel like as soon as, as, soon as something of any consequence happens, he runs. Now I'd like to be fair to him and give him every opportunity but we've had bushfires, we've had COVID, we've had rape, we've had allegations of misappropriation of funds within the organised within the government. Like there's, there's, it's not, it's not one thing. It's not two things. When you don't get a, a response to can every sort of situation that comes up, and and every situation is going to come up. This is what a government does. A government oversees the running of a country. So so when these situations come up. They need to respond accordingly. It's like um, if you hire a a technician or a, a service guy to look after machinery in your factory and it breaks down and they go, where's the machinery, where's the service guy? And he's like, yeah, look, uh, I don't really want to talk about it right now. I'm, I'm going to discuss it with my colleagues. 
no, 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 we need action. And it's no good talking with your caucus or your advisors or other party members. It's about action and it's about putting your foot down. That's why we vote for leaders. That's why there's one person in a political party that we vote for to be a leader. The party puts him forward, he or she, and we then choose whether that's what we want to be represented by. And I feel that if you were to have a poll right now on whether Scott Morrison, the Prime Minister of Australia, is that person, I think the poll would say no. We don't like if you if you worded the question in in respect to is this the person we want to lead the country? I think you'd get more than eighty percent would say no. Unfortunately for him, right across the ditch in New Zealand is a female leader by the name of Jacinda Ardern who is hitting the people's expectations. She's talking to the people. She communicates with the people and she doesn't run from anything. So when you're comparing nations and we've got a nation to our right who's our closest uh, um, country to us, an ally obviously, that is the population of the Sydney CBD. The two islands that make up New Zealand is the population of the, of the Sydney CBD and yet they seem to be getting it right. We need to have a good look at ourselves. So that's my thoughts on that. Oh, I got political. I don't really like being political but this is the, this is the shit that's going on at the moment and, and it's, it's really frustrating because um, I think – we're a better country for it and we need to stamp it out. Rape is one thing but the sexual assault is another and that's also been an ongoing issue and I think we're building awareness and, and sometimes we have to do it one family at a time and, and you know, men and women, you've got children, you, you know, you educate your children towards these things and I think we're getting there but the cases are still happening and, and, and it's, it's fucking scary and just... I, you know, I, I, there's no such thing as a perfect world and as much as I want it, but we can reduce these things. We can really stop it and, um, yeah, that's what I need. All right, let's take a quick break. I've got problems with volumes all over the shop at the moment. So I apologise if some are up and some are down. And um, I did it before with this. And it was, yeah, pathetic. So um, a little bit of fine-tuning. I need to be doing this so far more regularly, which we're going to talk about. So I'm going to get to things that we could be doing and watching with COVID and particularly for listeners in the UK who are uh, watching the previous seasons of uh, Married at First Sight, I'm only too happy to discuss what those previous fucking idiots have done. Now, I say that tongue-in-cheek because the podcast is a friend of a previous contestant named Jess, and Jess is in season three. Um 
and I've rewatched one and two, like seasons one and two. Now, I don't know if you can access it from overseas. The website's nine now. It has all the previous seasons from Married at First Sight. I'm not suggesting you use a VPN to do so, but if you use a VPN and you use Australian, then obviously you can get into it. So Nine now has all the previous seasons and all the current. So if you have caught up to date with what's going on previous seasons, the current season is up now. And we've just finished week one. So we're going to cover that off in a minute. But I'm going to give some recommendations about different things that I've seen not just married at first sight, but um, different shows and and um, ideas. Some of them are a bit retro and a bit of a step back in time, and and yeah, with some regard, they're a little bit oh, they're a little bit lame in the way they're produced and 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 delivered. But it's also like a step back in time for uh, people that didn't didn't live in that era and they can see it, what they show on screen. Sound a little bit um, off key with my descriptions, but I'll get to it. So where will we start? Let's start with let's do let's do the review of Married at First Sight, right? So I sort of shifted on this a little bit. So we're in into the current season, um, which happens to be seven, I believe. Um, let's just clarify this. Um, because when it comes around this time of year, I love getting on Twitter. And if anyone's interested in, in when the show's on, at the time that it is, I, I, I tweet... And there's a lot of sarcasm and a lot of piss take. It's actually season eight. Fuck. Yeah, okay. Um, so it must be season six or I think they're seeing season six in the UK currently, um, which would be who's in season six. Oh, okay. So this is the drama year. This is where they 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 got a lot of um, people involved. Jules and Cameron. Mike and Heidi, Ning and Mark, Martha and Michael, yada, yada, yada. And these are the ones, and particularly Jessica with a K, not with a C, um, and Michael and then Dan and, yeah, and the cheating scandals and people coming in late. Season six to me was a dog's breakfast, but it really upped the ante into these, these people then wanting to extend their life line by what I've termed the phrase um, rehabilities. It's celebrities and reality stars. It looks better when I write it on a tweet. Realities, rehabilities. Anyway, it's it's them extending their form to be more popular on Instagram, to get advertising deals, to talk about, I don't know, charcoal, toothpaste, white teeth whitening, vibrators, um, cooking at home by getting the ingredients delivered. There's all, all these different things. And, th- and that's what they're trying to do is extend their life. And season six, because we're going to season eight, the season six guys have sort of slipped off the world a little bit because the season seven people came in, which were – actually, I think season six too, was that um, – no, he was season – where was he? The little fella named Nasser who's just trying to extend – 
yeah, see, he was season five. So you've got guys from season five trying to hang on to anything they get. And he, like, went and picketed Twitter, I think it was, to get his blue tick or Instagram. And, like, he, he's really – he says he's playing a character, but he just likes the limelight. And I'm, I'm okay with that. Like, I don't have a problem with people having something to offer. Um, do they have a political voice or do they have a, an opinion or do they – back it up with intelligence and and they actually don't that's the thing so martha and michael um they continued on from season six uh and kudos to them they're still together right that's that's their thing but and they're fighting you know to be in in the public eye that's that's what they want that's what they're aiming to do um if anyone ever sees the daily mail it'll appear Martha did this or Martha did Martha's seen around Bondi or like and then they talk, oh, we've been trolled and but they love the attention because this is where they want to be. Now when you're not a, a celebrity that comes from the acting world or TV and radio or um sports or you know, when you're not well known from something that you've actually done any little glimpse that people give you and try to hang on to, that's what they do. Like it, if you take your chance on TV and then you try to turn it around and become a comedian or an actress or a writer or like you you want to get into the entertainment world and you really want to put – I'm all down with that. I don't have a problem at all because um, that's what – you know, that's the little, maybe that's the start that got you your run. I mean Russell Crowe started on Neighbours. You know, he did a stint on Neighbours. Then he went on to do so many successful Australian-produced television shows that then, I mean, look at the size of him now. Like He's just a, a giant when it comes to movies. And he's an actor. He, he is good at what he does. We all need that spark. But we've also got these people that just live in this fake fucking world of pretend celebrities and do something or like don't just be seen by the pap you know, paparazzi photos to then go, oh, yeah, I'm special. So that's my whinge for people in in the UK that are watching or even the US, I believe that it's now showing in the US. I don't know where it is. I'm not sure where they're showing it. Um, I can't find anything. Okay, yes, I can. Um Oh, okay. I'm just trying to find it. There's obviously in different countries they've got their own version of it, but I thought you may have had where they were showing it. Okay. Again, this all comes down to ratings, right? The more ratings, the more popular the guests are. Now, season eight, I've got to stop saying now. Season eight has appeared and we're one week in. And... I, I sort of made notes as it was going along on this one and that one. Who does this? But the weddings are all done. The weddings are out of their way. Okay. Here's my 100% honest view in the people that we see and why they are there um, and how they were put together. So... There's a, the rumour goes around, and if you ask previous contestants, they will tell, tell you this 100%. 
and everyone who watches the show overlooks it. So these specialists that are brought in, they're not allowed to be called psychologists anymore because what they're doing is actually in danger with what the laws of psychology in the Australian Psychological Society says. So in order not to cross that line, which they can, they literally can have that revoked because they're actually, they're using the term that they're psychologists but they're not doing what the psychologist oath says in regards to mental health care. So they've revoked the the naming and called them um, couple specialists or relationship specialists. That's what they call them. Right, that's the first thing. Okay. People that have been on the show will tell you it's not those people that put the couples together, but in fact the producers that take the data of everyone that's entered and they, they claim all the time that over 10,000 people, I think that's just the number they've come up with, 10,000 people applied. If, if that was the case, if it was that these mental health professionals or relationship experts as they call them, if they did put people together based on all the data that they, that they gathered, they would do a lot better. Right. You don't have to be a, a genius to work out that a lot of these couples are not actually made to be together. And when you watch, you know, four or five episodes in the first week, you go, oh, that looks cute. And then you go, no, it fucking doesn't. It's a rock. It's a disaster. So that's that's my first thing that I, I, I laugh about. And it's a bit tongue-in-cheek, right? I, 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 I take the piss quite regularly on Twitter while the show is going. If you ever want to see my tweets, um, gorilla underscore KMAC, you'll find me. Um, a lot of the time you'll see the hashtag ZeroFucksPodcast and that will relate back to everything that's been said. Okay, so let's break down in the show. We're all pretending that as viewers – that these people are experts of putting people together, right? That's the big pretentious lie that's going on. So we watch with anticipation, go, oh, I wonder who they're going to match this up and, oh, we've seen this, we've seen that. Okay, here's the second part of that. This has already been filmed and finished and delivered, okay? It took place late last year. And if anything, all that will come of it in future weeks will be reunion shows. But... What we're seeing that gets handed out in the press is like small snippets of shit that's already happened. Like it's, well, that happened last night, so let's put a press release out on that. So Sam said this and Cameron did that. Okay. But what we're, what we're meant to be and how we're supposed to believe it is is that this is playing out week to week and the small snippets that we see in the press or social media pages goes along with where we're up to the storyline. Now, I don't mean to burst your bubble and fuck it up for the people that want to live in the fantasy world. I don't I, – I struggle with that fantasy world, right? I struggle with the understanding of professionals putting them together and then, um, you know, they're being cared for mental health-wise. It's been said by previous contestants and they, they've got a clause in their contract. They're not allowed to talk about things for a certain amount of time. But it's been said that they don't get the mental support that they need. What the producers do is antagonise the contestants on camera to give the answer that they want. And then when they do the edit, they've got it and they cut it, put it together. 
It's been said on previous shows that that's taken place. Hey, why would it? You've got to remember they're now extending a show that goes for an hour. In the first week, they extend it to an hour and a half and they throw in so many more ads to extend this out to get you in there. Because not like regular TV that we've had in, in years gone by where there's a time slot and it says 7.30 to 8.30. And 7.30 to 8.30, that's what we expect. And anything over that, you can't fuck with it because I've got another show to watch. Those days have gone. The, the people that believe in that mentality, 65 plus, because that was their era. Now that we've got so many things that are streamed, if you miss something on another channel, or you can catch up with it later. You know, I often joke, oh, I didn't watch it. In real time, I watched it on WA time because WA is three hours behind us. So then I'll watch it when they're watching it and then on stream and then I can make comments on Twitter along with those people that watch it. Like it's the world's changed. So we, we, we've got to get out of this mentality of living in this big bubble. Now, this is me bursting people's bubbles. I don't live in the fantasy world. but So this is what we've got. We've got producers putting people together in order to create drama for them to get ratings, to get advertisers in. That's it. You might have, of the nine couples, you may have one or two that you sort of put your money on you go, fuck, I hope they work out. Now, that's a constant change. So, so and I'll give you an example. The first couple that we saw get married and really paid attention to was Melissa and Bryce. Melissa's from Melbourne, Bryce is from Canberra. Um, Melissa hasn't been in a relationship for 12 years. She doesn't actually mention that she's highly sensitive. She sort of says that she's not been in the game for a while and she's not confident and, and, and we see her early on when they're mixing in with the girls that she doesn't show a lot of confidence and that she's a little bit insecure. Hey, I'm going to tell you. How it plays out, men and women in the world overall are insecure. That's just who we are as people. And even when we're content and we think we've got the right one, we can still be insecure. So there's nothing unusual about that. Bryce is a radio announcer in Canberra. Good job. Very confident. Holds his head high and says, yeah, I do brutal honesty. That's what I'm about. I've always been that person and I speak the truth. Well, he did. They were married they looked very happy. He looked genuinely into her. He could see that that there was more. Like he said later on, it's, she's not what I would normally pick, but she's she's not ugly. And I think what he meant to say was that she's still beautiful. Melissa didn't take too well to the way that he responded and yeah but their wedding went off with a hitch they had a good time they had sex on the first night this is a guy that came out and said oh no i won't be doing that it's you know i just like to see how it plays out so there must have been some connection was it alcohol induced was it who cares it's sex let's not let's not get bogged down in the technicalities we're all fucking adults we've all had sex prior to this it's not the 60s where you couldn't talk about it Sex is sex and it's part of sexuality. It's part of who we are and it's a very important peak in our relationship. If you don't have that chemistry where you want to bang the back end out of somebody or you want to be fucked by someone, if you don't have that where you crave them, 
I'm sorry, but your relationships is going to fall on its ass. It is a very strong part of a relationship. If we don't have that attraction that we – and it doesn't need to be a visual attraction. It can be mental. It can be, you know, um, emotional. There's a lot of things. But unless we have that, we don't want to be with, you know, the other person. Now, I'll give you an example of another couple. So that was Melissa and Bryce, right? And for all intensive purposes, he was brutal, honest, and she was very sensitive. So, I mean, to me, I got the impression that she needed some therapy work before they would send her off to this wedding. But you know what? Who knows? I actually sort of went, thumbs up, geez, I hope they make it through. Now, on the other hand, we talk about being beautiful on the outside but ugly on the inside. They put Rebecca and Jake together. Now, I literally will not get into debates about Rebecca. I won't want to talk about her. I won't tweet about her because I find her to be a horrible fucking person. I don't think she's there for the right reasons. For many people, Rebecca would be – you would be very attracted to her. When I first saw her, I thought, besides looking like Sarah Jessica Parker with the long face, I thought that she was an attractive girl. She had lips done. She had her boobs done whatever it takes. That's her thing. That's what it is. I'm going to tell you too, the whole season has got way too much shit in people's lips and um, like to the point where it's just overdone. They don't need it. Way too much makeup to the fact that when they take their makeup off, they look like completely different people. It just, it is such a head fuck. I mean, I know you wear a lot of makeup, you know, on your wedding day and stuff, but these... Some of these women, if they took the shit out of their face and just be natural, it, it, you, you would be shocked to find that they're just they're, they're so beautiful. But I, I, I'm really finding it hard to like, to like them. Um, so Rebecca has then gone on about how wonderful she is. They've matched her up with Jake. Jake's an ex-AFL player. Now, I guess that, you know, she's, she, Rebecca's been dating AFL players previously and... Yeah, Jake happens to be one. Jake also uh, suffered from depression after leaving the sport and as such has got a charity where he works to help people that, you know, with sports people with, with depression and stuff. Now, so having someone that – being someone on myself that's dealt with depression and, and has had issues with it ongoing, I could see what he was doing was very genuine. I could see that he is – and and – Far be it for me to question that he's not a genuine person, but the way they edit, the way they cut it, he comes off as a really good guy. Now, Rebecca comes off as a cunt. Now, people are going to be upset that I use that term, but that's exactly what she is. Not, not female genitalia, form of the word, but a horrible person, a.k.a. cunt. She's not a nice person. She is so self-wrapped up in herself. She's not there for the right reasons. This is about her popularity. She, in the first week, and the wedding she was an arsehole, she wrote him off. She was all me, 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 and she is looking for spotlight. After that, he's really tried hard to talk to her and all she's done is gone, he's boring. Let me tell you, I find her boring. I find her so bland so ridiculously rude and I, I wouldn't give a time of the day. So the outside picture of someone may be attractive 
to some. But right now I find her so ugly. Her personality is just disgusting. Um, why you would want, even if you want to be popular, even if you wanted to be, you know, famous or you want to cash in on the Instagram fame, whatever it is, you don't do it. You don't have to do it by being rude. And I, fo- I really, really fucking struggle with that bitch. I, I won't even get in debates about her anymore because I just find her as she's everything that is wrong about reality, reality TV. And she's everything that is just, yeah, no, it does my head in. So she can fuck off. Um, clearly not a good match. Clearly put together purely for um, pat photos and notoriety. And I even think the way that they've edited the show, they don't particularly like her either. I don't, she's just not a nice person. And, you know, I grew up, manners cost nothing. And she's just a fucking grub. Um, all right, so what else have we got? Let's go down the list. Samantha and Cameron, right? Big hopes for Sam. Sam loves telling the sob story that she was left with nothing and she's created a house and an empire on her own with her two boys and you know what, kudos to her. I liked everything about Sam. I didn't like the fakeness that she had um, with the shit that's in her face and in her lips. I think that's over the top. But, I mean, as I've mentioned previously in previous podcasts, too many women today get caught up in the Botox world not because they do it for men or to meet a man, they do it to compete against other women. And until women that do it fully understand that and understand the psychological usage of why you're doing it, um, then you're not going to be realistic. And I'm not talking about boob jobs or, like, you know, there's reasons that people have different cosmetic surgeries done. And and I, I totally, you know, understand that that whatever that is, whatever your reasoning is, then I'm down with that. I mean, not excessive like some of the fucking idiots that I've seen. But when you've got, like, I think Samantha was quite a pretty girl before she starts putting all that shit in her face. Now, she starts off right. I believe that the match that they put together, I think from a commonality point of view, the producers actually really tried to get it right because they matched her up with Cameron and Cameron happens to be in the same occupation as her mother and father. Um, as crane drivers so again it's not a regular field it's quite a specific field and to put two people that have got that relationship it seems to me that they were really looking to to mend that to, to really put them together the issue they had was she's had children and as much as he wants children I don't know that he had considered being matched up with a mum I guess that's what it comes down to. So the story all sounded great at the start. Similar occupation. She can get her hands dirty on the tools. She's she's not a, you know, she doesn't try to be a, um, a lipstick-style girl that that's her, her entire world. Although she, when she does do that flip from being the tradie-type woman that she claims to be, and she goes, oh, I'm not used to wearing a dress, blah, blah, blah. You've got so much shit in your face. Your teeth have been done. I don't know about your boobs, but they don't look real. But if that's the case, then everything you're saying, you're a fucking contradiction because you are that person. So don't try and sell us an angle because that's what primarily what the producers are doing. 
they create a personality or an angle for some of these girls and they, and they tell them this is what you do. We'll get to that in another one because there's another one in particular coming up. So they've had a row over the understanding of the word intimacy. And Samantha loves using, and this is in the first week. So they got married, they had sex. Actually, no, they got married, they didn't have sex. And she was craving more attention from him. And whether he seemed to be right into it, up to his balls, until she mentioned the children, he sort of like went cold on it. And that was on the wedding day. So since then on the honeymoon, they had a little romantic night. She needed more attention from him. She said herself, I need more attention. I need more cuddles. I need more affection. And he gave it to her in spades. They ended up having sex that night and they both felt good about it. Then when the question box came out and they asked about is there a direct sex, like connection, a deep connection, he said, well, no, not at this stage. She's now flipped that on her head and gone with that, well, we've been intimate and then you tell me there's no sexual connection. So now you're saying that this is a, a one-night stand. And that's not what he meant at all, but that's how she perceived it. Now, I've actually been in this situation before where um, the thought process of we've had sex means we're going to stay together forever in a very early on situation. It's not the real, it's not real life, is it? Like the... You know, sex is one thing and sexual chemistry is a great thing. But on top of that, you need to like that person for their other traits. And that comes with time. You just can't, you know, fall in love with someone after you have sex and go, right, oh, the world's perfect and fantastic. And Samantha's sort of got caught up in that. Now, I don't know how long it's been since her last relationship. I don't know the history. I need to go back and have a look at how she's reacted to it but she's acting a little bit like a teenager. Now, I presume she's uh, in her 30s, I would say. Let's get an exact number on it so I'm not... Yeah, she's 31. Cameron's 32. So, they're, you know, they're right for the picking. It's, it's right in the, in the frame where they need to be. But somehow it's snowballed out of control. Now, what it does also do is that they've got this confrontation, so it sets up for future drama. And, of course, when they all go to the dinner party, she turns up solo. He wants to meet a prize, so they have a chat. She goes, no, fuck you. Runs off and spruiking, I'm not here. He ran off. She was attention-seeking. That's what it comes down to, right? It doesn't matter if you like Sam or you don't like Sam. That's what she was doing. She was making a drama out of nothing. Do I think the producers have pumped the tyres up a little bit on that? Possibly. Possibly. They said, oh, fuck it, leave it. She's cashed in when she's got there and she didn't rag him out at the start, but she did go to extremes to say, well, he ran off, blah, blah, blah. It's like um, I'm running home to tell mum. When you're in a relationship, it's not a point scoring exercise. You don't get to tell others and make yourself feel better. It's You need to communicate. And I think what we're going to see over the next couple of nights is they're going to be at the forefront of you guys need to talk. Um, I just find it's a failure. I find that Samantha's a head fuck. And if she can explain any other reason for her actions and how she reacted, mind you, Cameron's a door slammer. He's a walkout door slammer. Gets too hard, I've got to walk away. It's not communication. To pinch a phrase from another podcast, communication is lubrication. And everybody knows this. So 
I say it over and over and over again. Just fucking talk to people. Yeah, it's not hard. Um, and then we're thrown in with the rest. I say the rest because there's Alana and Jason. I don't particularly like Alana. I don't like what she stands for. I think she's rude. She, they've got this whole, what do you do for an occupation? But you're a sexy. So she's a teacher, but she's a sexy teacher. Samantha does tradie work, but she's sexy in tradie. Um, this is the whole whole thing they they're trying to pump, and I, yeah, I just I, I get frustrated from the show because I don't see any continuity of anyone being positive in the in the sense that they're actually in it for a relationship. The only two that I see that relationship wise are Melissa and Bryce, right? I see that they're really. I think there's a genuine push that they want to try and make it work and they believe in it. I think the others are, I've got to say Patrick and Melinda, that's like watching two high school kids lose their virginity to each other. I mean, I, there was an interpretive dance at the wedding by Belinda. That's nice. I don't know if it's my thing, but, you know, Patrick is like he's 16. He, I feel like he's 16. How old is he? Let's get this out in the clear. Patrick, he's 27. Fuck. Uh, I think his parents should have intervened. I mean, Belinda's 29. I feel that she's a lovely, lovely lass. But at 29 and, and she doesn't have boyfriend or relationship experience, she – th- these are two people that are devoid of emotional awareness. They really are – I don't say backward. I don't say that they're, they're – yeah, they do have issues, but I say that that there's there's some things that they need to fine tune, right? And they probably could do with some coaching prior to coming into this relationship coaching, which doesn't hurt. But they are very much like, um, yeah, I can only describe as sixteen year olds losing their virginity for the first time. I say sixteen because sixteen's legal, but we all know everyone loses their virginity before sixteen these days, so. But 16 is legal in Australia. So um, where do we go? Coco and Sam. Do we like Sam? Do we like Coco being over the top? Here's Coco being over the top, right? This woman owns a Pilates studio. She loves telling you about it. I own a Pilates studio. I own a Pilates studio. Okay, well, you would have done it tough through COVID, so I do understand that's a tough gig. I've got a friend of mine who owns two studios, so I know how you have to resort to other methods. But I get to the impression and, and my first assumption was that Coco, by the way, not a real name, real name's Constance, but they've had a Connie from last season so the producers said we're going to create Coco for you. That's how they got to Coco. This is, this is the bullshit bubble that these guys create that we're supposed to believe in. And then it gets leaked and then you go, okay. So then, you know, pictures have been leaked of, of Coco slash Constance being that she was a chubby teenager and... You know, she's spent over $10,000 in getting a body and boobs to where she is. She openly comes out and says she's like a hot dog with 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 um, bolt-on tits. That's her. That's how she describes it. I think that she works hard to keep her body in such, um, hard, you know, such trim figure and, and fit. At first she came across as a brash in your face, this is my 15 minutes of fame sort of girl. And I think that that's sort of disappearing. I think that she's 
as she's softening. Sam's like the opposite and Sam openly says she's not my kind of girl. Sam doesn't particularly like her from the first week. Will that change? That's what we're going to watch. We're going to watch if it unfolds. If these people that say that our relationship experts are good at their job, we should see changes happening in regards to relationships. Now, that's a real test, right? You hire these people because they say they're professionals. They say they're relationship experts. Well, you've put them together because the producers did it. We all know this. Let's see them use their magic to get people to communicate because that's all it is. That's all it comes down to. Anyone that gets therapy for relationships or um, psychology or counselling, whatever it takes, really is just about opening up communication channels. And those channels include listening as well as talking. It's okay to talk but you need to listen. Are we going to see that? Well, we need to see that. that that's, that's the truth of it. So what are we going to expect in week two? Well, we've had a little bit of a glimpse. Now they're pushing them back. They've had the dinner party. We could see the confrontation. We could see all the girls get together and talk about the boys and then we see the, the boys talking about the girls and who had sex and who didn't have sex. I didn't know that grown men still talk about that. Did you, fucker? I mean, short of saying that, you know, I think they say intimacy. Were you guys intimate? Men don't talk like that. It's it's and this is this is a conversation that takes place with men. All right. So um, how'd you go? What do you mean? Did you fuck her? Yeah, yeah. Oh, good stuff. That's it. We don't need description. We don't need to know who started who. <laughs> That's it. That's as simple as it gets. So when, so when you know you got these girls about, but how um, we were intimate, and then he said he didn't. No, no, we don't care. Like we're, we're not into details. Details are what girls talk about. And girls pretend they don't, but the truth of the matter is they do talk about it, right? So, and girls get into detail. And I think actually one of the girls, I'm going to call her Bogan Joe, has been put with a. So Bogan Joe claims that she's a barber. I mean, that's not a, a you know, discredit her, but she's a Bogan. And she says, I'm Kmart shopper and he's a Rolex shopper and he sells prestige cars, right? And that's okay. He's got an image, but he's got. And she's got, and, and and is it going to work? Who knows? Um, I think there's six kids between them. They've both got three kids each. I mean, fuck you. <laughs> You're pushing shit uphill to, to try and find a happy unity there, aren't you? Like it's, but, you know, she said, openly said, oh, yeah. So oh, what was his dick like? Like openly said it. Guys often that don't know men very popular, like well, won't get to that detail. And I don't know any of my friends that talk about, well, they never talk about currents. They always talk about past maybe. But, yeah, the, the situation is, did you fuck her? Oh, okay, cool. And that's it. The reality is for the first seven series of this show, they, they probably the first six actually, they just, they never brought it up. They never talked about it until one of the, one of the so-called experts would ask, but was there intimacy? And that would be her thing. Um, yeah, look, do we get bogged down in stuff? I mean, really? Is the show successful? Is it good? I don't know. I don't know. Do we watch it because it's car crash TV and it entertains us for a short period of our life? I believe so. I believe that we step out of what's going on in our life and the, and we just exude into these relationships and 
they they have enough footage that we're into it. We get attracted. Do do we expect successful relationships? Is that the key to the show? The producers clearly don't want. They don't care if it's successful or not successful. They want drama. But as a viewer, do we want successful relationships? Is that what we're looking for? Or are we looking for, fuck, I thought my relationship was bad. These these two are fucking idiots. I mean, maybe sometimes that's what we want. We look at others and think, oh, that's not too bad. I heard in the dinner party last night, because Samantha turned up solo, um, Alana and... What's her dude? Jason. Um, and actually who looked like they were at loggerheads with each other. They weren't very comfortable at all. And they looked at each other and went, oh, well, not as, we're not as bad as what we thought. Is it a measuring stick? Do we watch these things on TV and do we go, uh, fuck, we're not that bad, are we? You know, or do we say things like, fuck this shit, I'm out. Oh, fuck this shit, I'm out. I mean, do we say that? Do we... Do, why do we stay in there? Why do we watch it to the end? Are we expecting some massive conclusion where they run off and join a cult and, and happily live happily ever after? I don't know. But this, this is week one. Um, have I not touched on anyone? Belinda and Patrick, I'm still out on those two because they are the 16-year-old virgins to me. Joanne and James, I really just did not like either one of them and and – I think we need to see their personalities unfold. I felt sorry for him when it came to weddings because COVID had obviously hit at this stage and it was literally bridegroom and best man and and, groom and then bridesmaid and that was it. Like it was – so it, it looks very awkward from, you know, the lavishness that they put out with the earlier ones. Um, Beth and Russell is an interesting dynamic – Beth is from Perth. She's 39. Russell's from Adelaide. He's 37. He's a diesel mechanic. She's a retail worker slash student. I don't know what she's studying. I didn't really pay attention. I didn't find her engaging. I find Beth very bland. She didn't like the look of him from the outset and made it very clear. Her body language is clear. She went and had a sob. He seems like a knockabout bloke, um, likes his dirt bikes, he he dresses well. He dresses neat. He's not, you know, he's he didn't turn up in the blue trucky singlet and a pair of stubbies and thongs like he he's made an effort. I really don't know enough about him to understand the dynamic of why you would think of putting them together. But they're in separate states. But clearly he's from old school. Um, and when I say old school, he's, he's like common ground and, and he, he doesn't understand the small luxuries of life that she likes. And she's like, well, I'm going to teach you. And But the way that she spoke to him, I found her very demeaning. Um, and, and yeah, you know, the world's made up of all different types of people and we shouldn't judge someone just because they're not like us. I would judge them on their mentality towards others and the personality and stuff and, and I would take the piss because that's what I do. But I don't get bogged down in the nastiness. And I feel like there was just a spin on it. So anyway, look, I'm gonna watch I'm gonna let that I'm gonna put that on hold and, and see how they pan out because I'm not sold that she's good, bad or indifferent. 
I, I'm just, yeah, I'll just wait and see because it's clear that she's not into him and she's shut the door and very much like uh, Rebecca's done with Jake, she's turned around at the, at the dinner party and said he's boring and says it openly and she actually rags him out to the other people there so she can go fuck herself. Um, the other couple I've got my eye on and, and it looks interesting from the start is Brett and Booker. Booker, don't know where that comes from. Is it short for something? Possibly have they had a previously candidate with that similar name? I don't know. She's a rock musician. He's an electrician that's now studying psychology. He seems like a good guy, down to earth. They've gelled, they've connected. I think he's into her. She's claiming that she's into him. I don't see success for this down the track at all. I don't see it at all. I think it's it's just going to blow up. So who knows? Are we going to watch it? Yeah. Are we going to understand? If anyone can give me any comment as to why we stay engaged or do we just switch off? I mean, we don't have to watch it. It's not law. But there's so many people that are watching it. Um, statistically wise, in Australia, we get uh, a million views an episode. That's pretty much how we play out. Now, in other countries, that wouldn't that wouldn't fly. But again, we're 26 million people, so it's not. I think that is pretty successful. It's really uh, season one tipped out a million. Season two dropped. Season three dropped out seven hundred to eight hundred thousand, just short of a million. Season four is when they started spending money on the advertising and, and the locations, and that's lifted again. It's never got over 1.6 million or 1.7 million people, and that's generally for uh, the finales. 1.8, 1.9, they haven't breached two. So there you go. 1.9 is is 1.9 million people watch this as as the like the the biggest number, and they're generally finales, but it varies around a million people. It's on average about a million. So. Is it successful? I don't know. Are we going to watch it? I'll wait and see. Tonight's another episode, um, which, again, is the 2nd of March. So it's still – it's in week two. Who knows? But this time of recording, um, anything could happen. But, again, like I said, it's been done. The show's been filmed. It's been – it's in the can. They just – they do edits as the weeks go on and they put it out there and we'll just see what happens. No doubt – we will, well, people will stay engaged. I'm engaged because I love having banter with other people on Twitter. I love putting it out on the podcast. I love discussing it because it's it's something that draws people in. It draws a million people in um, to watch, to to somehow be involved in this. Why? I don't know the science is at this stage. And I guess that's part of it. They call it a psychological experiment. Man, I think there's a lot more... Uh, structure that needs to be put around it to make it a psychological experiment, I would say it's a social experiment and that that um, they're controlling the attributes within it to then twist and change it to suit themselves. For instance, if they say, well, one couple wants to get out, well, we're not going to have a vote tonight. We're going to put you in the house with each other and see how you go for the next week. So they're actually controlling the factors within that social experiment. So we'll wait and see. I'd love your feedback to know whether you like it, you hate it, you're disgusted by it. 
whether you like the term being intimate or you just say, did you fuck her? Um, making love. Is making love, is that still, do people say that? I'm dying to know. Um, and, and I put on a tweet about, you know, people using the term bumping uglies. I don't like it, but people say it. I don't understand the offence about saying having sex. It's like, I, I, I don't like the P word. I, I say this openly. The P word's pussy. I don't understand how a vagina looks like a pussy. I don't understand how it resembles one. I don't. Some people might say it and use that word and find it sexy. I, it fucking repulses me. But I want to know, why can't we just say the word vagina? Vagina is a great word. There's nothing wrong with the word vagina. It's not derogatory, not nasty, nothing else sounds like it. You know, say vagina. So, you know, it's, you know, they don't use penis. They say dick, cock. (laughs) You know, I I don't, yeah, pussy. How does it, pussy to me is someone that's scared of doing something. That's what a pussy is to me. But anyway. All right, let's take a break and then we're going to wrap up with um, what's going on with the podcast and where we're heading to. I hope that's been entertaining. I hope someone got something out of that. As I say, it, it's it's a an endless subject of reality television and where it's going and why is this attractive? One other thing I wanted to bring up, and, and I've been spending a bit of time away from podcasting in the last sort of week, couple of weeks, because I've been learning more about different mediums. The people that I use for my podcast are now looking to up the prices and in, in, in putting, you know, to upload podcasts basically. And because I do this weekly, or aim to do it weekly, um, and the cost is not massive, but it but it's enough to be. What was previously free because I'm not a um, commercial user. I, I don't make – this is non-for-profit. I don't make anything from this. And I'm trying to build an audience and I'm trying to get people in and I've got things like Patreon and my website and selling merchandise and things like that just to fund the day-to-day. So I've also looked at other things and I got involved in the medium which is Twitch. Now Twitch primarily is – was a – was a, a website that was set up for gamers. If anyone's a gamer, they know what I'm talking about. So please just disregard the next explanation of what I'm talking about. But for anyone that doesn't know what Twitch is, basically it's a website that hosts gamers. And you can um, stream from home, live, gaming, cameras, whatever you want to do setup-wise, and for other people to watch. Now, when I first heard of this idea... My son put me onto it. I was like, what, people are going to watch other people play games? He's like, yeah. And I was in between moving and I hadn't bought I – was, I was in the process of buying a new TV and I just had my computer set up and a monitor and I went, oh, I'll see what this is all about. This is a couple of years ago now. And then I got involved in watching people play games and I thought, is this normal? Is this – like people don't do this, do they? Yeah, they fucking do. And we're talking big numbers, big numbers. I remember seeing two guys in particular that are big gamers um, who play together but they were on different streams and between them they had 90,000 people watching those streams at that particular time. 
Okay. Am I a gamer? Um, no, I'm not. Do I do a bit of gaming? Yeah, I do. I do. Um, and I've tried it out. I've done trials with it and I've tested it out and I'm getting involved and it's, it's quite interesting. The people that you meet, there's always someone new. I've met some really good people via this medium. But I'm also looking to host my podcast live on top of this one, which I'll always do, the Zero Fox podcast. I'm looking to do Zero Fox podcast live with a Twitch um, element. So basically what it'll be is me setting it up on live screen. I'll be able to show things that I've seen that week, video clips, things like that, you know, that, that touch my um, – that get me into things like, for instance – um, I had this up and it's disappeared on me. Where's it gone? Um, fuck. See, this is the, the, the um, when you do live. Want simplicity uh, and confidence podcast, on your next big deal? And you don't edit anything out. Normal people would have now edited all of that out. Thoughtfully earnest. Okay. And this hilarious. is what I've got to tell you. I wonder for Things you like next. This. So many people have described this show as thoughtfully earnest and hilarious. I wonder for you now, what parts of Ted Lasso are you carrying on in your life moving forward? Uh, the mustache, currently. Uh, okay, so this is Jason Sudakis because the Golden Globe Awards were hosted online and Zoom calls. They Jason Sudakis for the show Ted Lasso, which is by the, uh, the creators of Scrubs. Bill Lawrence created this show with Jason Sudakis about him being an American coach going over to coach football in the English Premier League. I liked it. It's on Apple TV or Apple, Apple Plus, I think they call it. Apple TV Plus, maybe that's what it's called. Um... It was a good show. I liked it. He's won the Golden Globes. Now, this is a shit that, of course, at Twitch, I will be able to show live and have a discussion with it and I can bring people into the conversation via Discord and we can talk and get feedback, all sorts of things. Basically, Jason Starkers is at home. I'm going to put this, I'll put the um, link up in the, in the podcast feed. He's at home, stoned out of his brain. His eyes, eyes give him up. And he's having to accept the award. I don't think he thought he was going to win. So now he's been asked about it. What are you going to keep? And this is his response. For sure. Um, but, yeah, I mean, anything that's in that show is something that I carried with me up to the point of creating that show and, and, and co-creating that show and co-writing that show and playing that character. So, you know, that show's catching up with uh, – uh, myself and if anything leading leading me and my soul uh forward stoned out of his eyes he's fucked so next question goes to amanda williams from e-news hi jason congrats on your win tonight hi um you mentioned your son you. otis in your speech are your kids awake? I'm curious what their reaction to your win is tonight and how you guys will be celebrating. The Decoded Wine Awards are for wine lovers. Okay, nothing like fucking YouTube to put ads in the middle of things. Anyway, these are the things that I'll be able to share while doing a live podcast and put the actual screens up and show and people can feedback. So 
And the next couple of days I'm going to play around with a few tests and trials that I need to do. Um, if you follow me on Twitter, you'll see that it will pop up on Twitter and say KMAC is uh, currently on Twitch and I'll tell you when I'm on. But I'll also do the social media. So that's that's another medium. It's just another idea of, of uh, reaching out. The idea is I'm happy to do a podcast and I like doing it and I like to bring guests in. The issue is in the last – since this January one, I've had four guests all agree and all pull out or, or – gone missing or I haven't had a chance or, and, and, and it becomes frustrating. This way I can engage with the people that listen and want to share and if you've got a story to talk about or you want to talk about it, then we're going to find a way to do it and we can do it live on the podcast and broadcast at the same time and have a chat and talk about you know shit in the world. So I haven't got a name other than the Zero Fox Podcast Live, nothing original there at this stage. Um, but that's my aim is to to get that happening and, um, yeah, to really, I don't know, just have a look at you know, an- another medium of, um, yeah, reaching the people, having a laugh, enjoying and discussing life. I mean, that's what the Zero Fucks podcast is about. You know, I give zero fucks because I don't work within the realms of what other people's expectations are. I do what I want to do. If you want to listen and you want to be part of it and I'm all for it, if you don't, then you don't listen. It's as simple as the way it is. Um, yeah, just trying to get out to more people, to get more people that of our like mind that want to listen to us and want to share these experiences. So that's my pitch. That's the show. And um, until next time, which will only be less than five days away, um, and hopefully I've got a few... Hopefully a few people that have committed to um, being on the show, we will talk about. Hopefully, hopefully it will come through. It's just a bit frustrating from my point of view because I want to deliver good content and, um, yeah. So until then, thank you again for listening. It's much appreciated. Check out all my social media, Instagram, Gorilla Radio Podcasts, Twitter. I'm on Gorilla underscore KMAC. Uh, Facebook, they use it a lot, but I'm there. Gorilla Radio Podcast Australia, I think it is. Gorilla, yeah, Gorilla Radio Australia, maybe. And um, or the website. And the website's got all the links. So if you go to the website, gorillaradio.com.au, everything links on there. I've got a Patreon page. I've got merchandise that you can buy if you're interested. And I'm adding to that all the time. I really appreciate you taking the time to listen, and I hope that you enjoyed it as much as I like putting it out there until next time thanks very much and remember treat people how you want to be be treated this has been the zero fucks podcast presented created and produced by me kmac you can find me on all social media platforms as gorilla radio or at gorillaradio.com.au Let me tell you why you're here. You're here because you know something. What you know you can't explain, but you feel it. You felt it your entire life, that there's something wrong with the world. You don't know what it is, but it's there, like a splinter in your mind. Are you ready? Let me tell you something about house music. It's not just a groove. House is a 
Thank you, Randy. Goodbye. Bye now. Goodbye. Fucking Chinese.